it's easy for me to stand up here every week, relatively easy for me to stand up here with a prepared litany of things that I want to talk to you about because I don't have to argue with myself in front of you. I can do that during the week, try to bring you what I believe and dish it out to you. I've done something really pretty out there today. I brought a very articulate young man who doesn't believe basically any of the stuff that I teach you on a weekly basis. And um, he's, uh, I'll show you the intro to him in just a little bit. Um, but he's come today uh, to agree to sit down and share with us where he's coming from so that we can learn as a church how to reach out to people like him and that we can learn how to better get along with people like him. Uh, I'll show you the video and then let's welcome out Hemet. Today at Parkview, we welcome native Chicagoan Hemant Mehta. Hemant has been known recently around Chicago as the eBay atheist since auctioning off a chance to save his soul on the popular internet auction website eBay. Hemant Mehta was born in Schaumburg, Illinois in 1983. He moved to Tennessee and then back to Orland Park at the age of 14. He's a graduate of Carl Sandburg High School and the University of Illinois at Chicago, where he was one of the co-founders of the group SWORD, Students Without Religious Dogma. Now a graduate student at the University of DePaul, Hemant is studying to become a high school math teacher. Currently, he's the chair on the board of directors for the SSA, the Secular Student Alliance, which has 55 chapters across the United States. He is also a board member of the Secular Coalition of America, a group that fights for the rights of atheists in Washington, D.C. In early 2006, when Hemant had the idea to auction off a chance to save his soul on eBay, he promised to attend an hour of church services for each $10 of the final winning bid. After a flurry of bidding and national news coverage, former Vineyard pastor and founder of the Off the Map website, Jim Henderson, won the auction for $504, which Hemant donated to the SSA. Instead of attending 50 hours worth of services, Henderson asked Hemant to attend 10 to 15 Chicago area churches, including Parkview, and write about his experiences for Henderson's website. Since his church visits, Hemant has made appearances on the Fox News Channel with John Gibson, Fox 32 Chicago, CBS 2 Chicago, radio station WLSAM, and has been written up in the Wall Street Journal, the Daily Southtown, the Chicago Sun-Times, and many other national publications. He also has his own website, FriendlyAtheist.com. Today, Hemant is here for an informal and friendly discussion about atheism, Christianity, and other topics with Pastor Tim Harlow. Parkview, please give a warm welcome to Hemant Mehta. Well, the first thing inquiring minds at Parkview want to know is Cubs or Sox? I'm an atheist. Take a wild, wild guess. I'm a Cubs fan. All right, so a Cubs fan. We got that out of the way. That's why he's an atheist. This discussion. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for having um, me. Cub fans, just want you to know my daughter Rachel and some of her friends are singing the national anthem at Wrigley a week from Tuesday. So don't <laughs> say that I don't give you anything, okay? <laughs> Just understand that, uh, June 27th. Um, thank you for being here. Yeah, we're, thanks for uh, having me. Glad last night was fun. I need to tell you guys something. I didn't do this last night, and I feel bad about it. Don't clap, okay? This is not a debate. We're, we're trying to keep it from being a debate. I mean, obviously, we're coming from two very different places, and so we're going to argue. Um, but, but we don't want this to be a debate. He's the friendly atheist, I'm the friendly Christian, and you're the friendly Christian church, okay? <laughs> So don't clap for me. Certainly don't clap for him. 
<laughs> Just talk, okay? Um, tell, us, tell us a little bit about your faith journey. I think it's important for everybody to understand. Sure. Um, well, I became an atheist when I was 14. Um, we had just moved and that was the initial reason I'm thinking, well, moving, well, that's the worst thing that could happen to anyone. Um, and that's when I started having doubts. And the more I started reading about atheism or just the idea that maybe God doesn't exist, um, it just started making sense. And the whole reason that, oh, there's no God because I moved, I realized that was a really dumb idea. Um, so forget about that. But the more I just started reading about it, it made more sense to me. And I mean, I called myself an atheist, I guess, when I was 14. And since then, I'm 23 now, I mean, I've kept reading, I've kept looking at things, and things just make sense for me through an atheist eyes, I guess. Tell, tell me what makes sense. Um, just things about uh, what we do know, what we don't know. Um, I think if we don't know atheists, just say, well, we don't know what it is, so let's leave it at that. Um, things like that, where we're not always looking for an explanation when we're not sure what it is. Um, things like, how do you get along in society you know, without religion? Can you do that? Issues like that, I can answer as an atheist. Um, and so, I mean, if I can answer it without resorting to anything supernatural, I think I can do that, and I don't have a need for any of the other stuff. Do you think that a lot of atheists, however, start into atheism? because of some traumatic event in their life, some kind of a event that's happened in their life? You know, some people, I have heard that story because of some traumatic event, but there's so many people I know where that had nothing to do with it. Um, and they come, most of the atheists I know, and I know a lot of the leaders in the atheist community nationwide. I mean, if you see them in the news, if you see them quoted in an article, I know who they are. We work together. Um, and when I talk to those people, most of them did not come from an atheist background. Um, they come from Christian backgrounds, Jewish backgrounds, just a whole slew of them. Um, and it's not a traumatic experience at some point. And it, surprisingly, it happens when they're around 13 or 14, which I didn't know anyone else. That, really? I didn't know that happened oh, to anyone else. And it I happens. guess that's when you start thinking. I mean, that would be true for us. It's too, when you I start think. thinking about religion for the first time and yeah. you think about the faith that and you, you have to make it your own. Absolutely. Which is why it's so important for us to have a good youth program here. Sure. I mean, if we believe what we say is true, then we want to indoctrinate our children into, <laughs> you know, the things that we think are right. Bad. And the point is, I mean, and I've never said anything like, and I, I think one of the misconceptions people have of atheists is that, oh, you're so anti-religion and you want to stop me from practicing. And that's not the case at all. The point, I mean, every time I've had a discussion, and I did this a lot in college anyway, mm -hmm. I had a group there. Uh, when we had discussions, the idea was never, we want to make people atheists. That's never the case. The case was, let's talk about this stuff. And hey, if it makes you stronger in your faith, if going to you know, the Bible studies or anything like that makes you stronger in your faith, that's great. The point we want to bring up is, let's ask those questions. And hey, if, and if give it, everyone the freedom to do whatever they choose to do. Right. It's, we're, we're opposed to blind faith more right. than anything, I right. think. Right. And so, yeah, if you're thinking about it and Christianity makes sense for you or another religion makes sense, fine. But let's think about this stuff. I don't want to ask all the questions, but I'll, I'll throw this in because we talked about this a lot last night. After my explanation of Christianity last night, do you think that it's possible? Because I think that what atheists would like for Christians to do is to stay in their own little place mm -hmm. and do their own little thing. Am I, am I right? I mean, basically, if, the, if you want to study the Bible, that's fine, but... Let's stay there. And if the Hindus want to study, you know, whatever they study, they're fine over there. And if the Muslims... I mean, we have, yeah, we have no problem if that's what they're doing. We're not even saying, I, I don't think I would have a problem with you 
I might be a little annoyed, but I don't think I would have a problem with anyone, you know, on the street coming up to me and asking me, you know, you know, is God with you? Do you believe in Jesus? Something like that. Okay. I don't have a problem with well, that. Yeah, either. I guess that's, that was that was kind of what I, I left with last night is the, the the ponderance for me is how can we as Christians believe that we have the answer, mm-hmm. live in a society where everybody wants to you know, have their own set of circumstance. I think that's the great reason I wanted to do this, really, honestly. Um, and and we'll t- I'll explain Christianity again and do all those kinds of things again. But I think the big issue for me is how do we walk the line between believing that we have the answer that everybody needs, that we, that we actually believe that this is true? How can we walk the line between believing that and existing in a pluralistic society mm-hmm. without, you know, alienating everybody because we're too dogmatic? Mm-hmm. It's a real hard line for me. It sure. really is. And, and it's one of the things, again, having a civil discussion about it is great. The thing that I know when, we're, when atheists are together and we're just talking about things that have happened, mm-hmm. um, sure, we'll bring up things like, you know, I was just minding my own business and all of a sudden, you know, with my friends, with my family, right. and someone starts coming up to me and saying, you know, do you you're have going Jesus? to hell. You're going to hell. Do you have Jesus in your life? Well, well no, thanks. I'm eating. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> It's just, well, it's fine, but it's just this idea, well, you're wrong, so I have to save you. Well, no, I'm okay. I don't need to be saved. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe another time. Yeah. But it doesn't always come off that way. And when you get a chance, well, let's have a talk about this. That's fine. I think it's the whole, but you're right. It's the issue of not coming off as this eric with this arrogance. But, you know, here's what I believe. Here's why I believe it. So let's go back and forth with these ideas. That's wonderful. It's, it's a tough thing because if we care about you, we're going to want to push the buttons. Sure. But if we push the buttons too hard, we alienate you and drive you away. Yeah, and there are ways to do it, to have this discussion mm-hmm. without you know, making it forced upon the mm-hmm. other person or doing something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus did that, did, honestly. Did which? I think, he did the, I think he did the right approach. I mean, he beat up the, the only people that Jesus... I don't want to say beat up. That's, <laughs> he did. He beat up the Pharisees. He beat up the. He, he was hard on the religious leaders, and everybody else. It was about the love. It was about right. let's have a relationship. Let me help you. Let me be there for you. And if he's going to be our example, then that's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And and I fall into the same category. You know, I get my I get my dander up about you know this or that or whatever. Um, just this week, Motion Picture Association has come out and rated a movie. Have you seen this? Um, PG. Was it because it's too because religious it's or something? Because it's Christian. Oh, really? Because a guy, yeah, they're, they're going to start rating movies, <laughs> you know, harder because it's Christian. And, and I read stuff like that and I go, you know, it, it, it could be, you know, Hindu or, yeah. or Muslim or something else. And we're not going to do that. Or atheist. And, and right. we're not going to do that. And, and so the problem is we've gone from being a very Christian nation, um, perhaps too much in your mind of a Christian nation with, as you say, in God we trust on the money and all these different things that we've done. We've gone from that and we've swung back now to where we're a much more pluralistic society and Christians have to learn how to deal in that society with people of other faiths without just saying, well, this is what I think and, you yeah. know, screw you. And it's this funny not be- work. that you're saying that because you're saying we're more pluralistic and so you, I think you're saying, you know, we're not Christian enough as a nation. Am I right? Yeah, and if I, think, I had my choice. And yeah. I, think a lot of, <laughs> I think a lot of atheists would say this complete opposite, that, well, we're not pluralistic enough I, I agree. Either. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it depends on where you're coming from. Sure. And the Muslims would say, you know, there's way not enough Islam in here. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, that's true. But that's where I think we all have to come to some place where there's um, a respect for each other and a dialogue for each other. And, I, and I, 
again, I make this speech, if I do anything in this discussion, if I've done anything this weekend, the most important thing that I can do is for you longtime Christians to walk out and go, man, I wish you would have nailed him on this one. <laughs> and have him walk out and go, you know, that, that guy is a pretty decent guy. I, I don't agree with him, but seems like he really cares about me and he's really a decent person and I might want to have a dialogue with them again later. Yeah, and one of the interesting things that, that happened, and I think you mentioned this to me earlier, you had a lot of people from this church and maybe outside this church that wrote in questions they wanted you to ask me. Yeah. Some of them were mean in yeah. nature. Some yeah. of them were just, they're rude questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I got, a lot of, I got a lot of messages from atheists as well yeah. who said, right. you're living out my dream. Yeah. I yeah. want to be on the stage. Kill that pastor. Yeah, and it's like, well, that's why you're not invited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's, I don't even know why I invited you. I'm sure I can invite them. <laughs> that's, that's one of the reasons when I was trying to figure out, you know, I wanted this website. What do I call this thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was friendly atheist because I want people who come to the site to know you've got to put those two words together because that's what I always see. I always meet friendly atheists, yeah. but that's not the image you see. Right. And so right. I wanted that to happen. But that's, that's the whole point. You want this good civil dialogue to happen mm. where you're not, no one's going to win this argument. But... I mean, you could say both of your points, and both sides have their points. Yeah. But uh, allow yourself to know that not one That's side good. is going to win, and don't go attacking the other person. Yeah. All right, you're up. What do you want to know? <laughs> Let's talk about, because I wanted to bring it up, this intelligent design okay. issue. All right. Um, well, Let me, ask, ask me the question. Well, it's more of a comment right now. Okay. Okay, so I look on the Parkview website, and at the bottom is this thing that you had written saying to public school teachers, let's teach creationism yeah. or with, with evolution in right. the public schools. Right. So I'm reading through this thing. Okay, the headline itself, yeah, that kind of made me mad because I don't want that to happen. Um, what was it? I can't remember. What was what? My, my headline. I think it just said, you know, teach creationism in the public schools. Here's for Creationism for my child's teacher? Yes, gotcha. yes. Gotcha. Um, so if, has anyone in this church seen this document on the website? Mm. A lot of people have. Okay. So I'm reading through it, and my issue was, well, I know my arguments for why I just want to teach evolution, and, and I think it said in the video, which was really nice, um, that I, I'm going to be a math teacher. Well, right. I'll also be certified in bio, okay. and I want to teach biology too at some point. So this is an issue that is close to me. Um, so the first page I see on this thing says, it's a National Geographic cover, and it says, was Darwin wrong? And, and I think you have a letter on the next page, and it says... It says on the page, like, as the cover from the November 2004 National Geographic suggests, many people, scientists included, would like to see it swing back, saying that not just te to teach evolution, right. but to teach both side by side. Right. And I'm looking at that because that's not an uncommon argument. I've even seen that National Geographic cover being used to show, you know, scientists have issues with evolution. Even scientists want to teach both things. Well, but if you see the article itself, the like, article was completely pro-evolution. Oh, the article's completely. The and, and first I'll, word quite is quite a bit no. of garbage, but it was completely pro-evolution. But it was such a small little article. What my point is is that on the cover of like three or four magazines, right at about that time, there's all this stuff going on about, hey, you know, I mean, National Geographic has never, in my mind, ever had a question. Uh, about Darwinianism ever before in their life. And what they did in that issue was they set out to prove evolution because it feels like, to, 
it looks like to the scientific community, there are a great number of people, okay, great number's not right, <laughs> there are a number of people that are starting to fall away from Darwinian evolution. See, what are the numbers that you're, like, the numbers that I, I've always seen is like coming from the Discovery Institute. That's one of the places mm. really strong on intelligent design. Mm. And I went on their website, and it says something like, you know, there are 500 people that have signed on to our uh, saying intelligent design is something sure. that should be taught. That's like 500 people. And sure. only a quarter of them are like biologists that actually work with this stuff. And if you go to like the National Center for Science Education, they have 700 people who are, whose names are Steve. Right, I've seen it's, that. Like, okay, begin well, with an S. Yeah, they begin yes. with like Steve or Stephanie or something. Right. It's like, well, just this small little fraction sure. of people in support of evolution. So the whole idea that, you know, it's, it's really a controversy here and there's this side and there's that side, it doesn't seem like it's there. And it seems like only people from the church are supporting this idea that there is a controversy. If you well, ask that, the that's not true. There, there are people it? from outside the church. The, the whole reason, and I'm not sure I buy into it, the whole reason we have intelligent design theory out there now is because what the church has done is latched on to the intelligent design theory that was going on outside of the church realm. Instead of calling it God, the church is going, hey, there's this little intelligent design thing. Let's hook onto that. And I'm sure. not sure I agree with that. But at the very least, what, what these other people are saying, what these other scientists and biologists, and I read a statistic recently that 40% of biology teachers would be glad to teach both theories. But science isn't an issue of democracy. You don't get to pick and choose like, well, a lot of teachers want to teach this. And if you look at the associations that deal with this stuff, like the uh, National Academy of Sciences, the American Association for Advancement of Science, hmm. overwhelmingly, it's people who are saying, don't teach both. It's saying you should just teach evolution because that's what science scientists that are Which working is use. exactly what you accused me of last night Which when is, we talked about do I believe that Christianity is the only way? And, I mean, it would be no different than me walking into a school and saying, look, all the other philosophy books have got to be thrown out, and all the other religion books have got to be thrown out, and the only thing you can teach is this. So It's okay for me to believe this. It's okay for me to study this. It's okay for me to do that. It's not okay for me to go into the public school and force every student to sure. learn this. And from my standpoint... Evolution is as much a theory, and Darwin himself said it was grievously hypothetical. But he said that's knowing about genes and before knowing about DNA. Right, and now we know about DNA, and what does that point to? It points to evolution. Everything I've read says oh, that. Wow. It's, it's, it's... I mean, the issue I guess I have is, when it comes down to it, intelligent design does boil to faith, that there is this intelligent design. As designer. does evolution. But evolution at least, I mean... Regardless of the evidence, and I don't think we're either of us are in a position to talk about the scientific no, research no, or anything no. like that, but it seems like as you do more of the research into it, you could at least find more signs towards evolution just because that's the whole point, that you're finding more things towards one theory. Or but if it comes down to faith, I mean, you can't prove that one way or the other. Good. So why is that belonging in a science class when the whole point of science is to say, let's look at the observations and try to come to a conclusion when faith is not something that's even have, testable. Have we scientifically proven evolution? Have we scientifically proven gravity? No. We, I mean, they're called theories, though, and in science, a theory is as good as it gets. If there was an alternative theory to gravity, would it not be taught? If there was a credible alternative to theory, which there isn't. So you're just, I mean, I mean you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You're a mathematician. What you're saying is, and this is my, this is my illustration in the paper. Yeah. There's no four. 
what science has done for us is they have taken the number four out of the numbers. And they, they said two plus two can't equal four. If you do that, then you're going to end up with all of the research and all of the things that have happened along the way. If there is no four, if there is no God, if there is no intelligent design, then we're going to figure out how to make DNA work in evolution. In a different context or something. All I'm saying is that what ought to happen if we're going to have this pluralistic society is that every theory that's credible, and if there are 500 scientists, if there are 40% of biologists, if 90% of the people in America do not believe in Darwinian evolution, mm -hmm. then we ought to be able to look at the other side. But I'm saying, like, who, who cares what the population thinks? It's about what the scientists think. I mean, that's, that seems like that's where science curriculum should come from, the people who are experts who do the stuff. I mean, here's, here's my, I guess, the issue. Like, everything that is taught in a science classroom is stuff, I mean, theoretically, let's take evolution out of the picture. Everything that's taught in a science class is stuff that had, at some point, we've done the research on it, it was published in the peer-reviewed journals, scientists now accept it, then it goes into the textbooks. It seems like, this is one of the issues I guess I have with intelligent design, they've tried to bypass all of that and go from, without trying to publish it in a journal, without doing any of that stuff, saying, here's another theory, and using your arguments, like, here's another theory, let's teach it. But it tries to bypass all of the you don't think it's been, stuff. You don't think it's been scientifically delved into? Not in a peer-reviewed journal, not in any credible journal. It, because they won't publish it. I see, I disagree with that. I think if you could come up with, like, like Michael Behe, uh, yeah. I forgot his last, like how to You're pronounce right. his name, but his book that's saying this whole irreducible complexity, if that was a theory that is so confident that it, it has to stand up, I think any journal would not just want to publish that thing. I mean, if you could say that evolution is not the most credible theory, that would wreck, I mean, that would theoretically wreck the science exactly. as we know it. I think Which that would be one of the most... Which is why it will never happen. But that's why I think that would be one of the most important discoveries to ever happen, to say that evolution is not true. I would think scientific journals would be jumping at the chance to publish a good response okay, to it. Okay, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And the reason it won't happen is because if that were to happen, that would show that there's a God, and then we've got problems. But the scientific if, if that community, showed that there's a God, you're saying that there's... No, proof. you're being objective, man. How? You're being objective. I mean, good for you. I'm saying you're being objective. Go back into the scientific community yeah. and help them be objective. But and it'll all be great. They're not being objective. They're not looking at all the other things. Michael Behe's book is brilliant. And there are some rebuttals to it that are brilliant. And why isn't anybody... I mean, why isn't anybody looking at irreducible complexity? Why isn't anybody looking at, at, at the DNA? Because I think... I mean, why is he writing a book about it instead of just going to the sources or speaking at conferences with other Oh, he scientists? is. I've heard him. I mean, he, he is. To my knowledge, that the ones he's, when he's presented or it hasn't been presented as much. But, I mean, no, I, I mean, could I, be wrong on I've that. I've heard him, but it was at a Christian conference. There's no doubt about it. Right, not at Does a science Does he get invited conference. to the scientific conferences? See, again, I think, I think scientists would... I mean, hey, if you think I'm objective and the other scientists aren't or something, wouldn't you think scientists would love to have him there and then just try to rip them apart or something. Not if they've been studying evolution for 150 years and can't find proof. And, you know, from it the scientific a philosophy. Argument. If it's a philosophy, if, if you're coming along, if I've been studying this Bible for, a, you know, all of my life, and you come along, I mean, the, the fact that I'm doing this should prove the opposite of this. But if you come along and say, I've got some great proof against this Bible, and I say, well, wait a minute, if this Bible's wrong, everything I'm doing is wrong, I'm losing my job, everything else uh -huh. is gone. You know what? I'm not going to be very objective. And that's, that's my opinion of what's going on in the scientific community. Okay.
it just seems like it's, it seems like when I hear the Christian people talk, or the Christian leaders or the scientists there talk about, you know, evolution, they make it sound like, you know, it's this conspiracy to keep God out of schools. Like all the scientists it, get together and say, like let's it. keep God out. It feels like it. It really does. It feels like it to us. Now, here's something I need to say really important. Yeah. We have people in our church. We have people. I feel very strongly about evolution, obviously, and creation. It's okay for me mm -hmm. for a person to be a leave in theistic evolution. I disagree with them. But it's okay if somebody... To say that like God created that God the beginning the and bang. then evolution? If you want to say that God started the Big Bang, you're, you're, you're miles ahead from where you were somewhere else. See, and that's something... Or saying that God started the Big Bang and then everything happened, or God started sure. evolution and then everything happened... I don't believe that, but... I, mean, I don't believe I, that either. But I think that's something where I could at least come to terms with people believing that. Um, or at least, you know, because science isn't about trying to find why it started or the origin. Yeah, th there's no way we're ever going to go back and prove that. So right. So I think that's, that's where there's agree. room for Agreed. God and science to come together. Agreed. I think that's the crux of intelligent design. I think it gets muddied up by all of us, you know, theological people. That's probably what happens. At the crux of intelligent design is the idea that let's decide whether God started it or whether it just evolved. We can agree on that. We didn't get to answer this last night. Tell me, tell me about Pascal's, you know, oh, issue. This if, was one of the questions that people have brought up. Um, I know they do all the time. I guess I should say you what can it ask is. the question better. Um, I guess if Pascal's question was, if I'm a believer and I die, and you're an atheist and you die, I've lived a, a life, and if you're right, then I've lived a great life, and all I'm going to do is become worm food, and if I'm right. You've lived a great life, but when you die, it's eternal hell. Yeah, so... What do you do? Yeah, like, what do you believe in? Yeah. I mean, because if, if I just say, well, okay, I'll believe in God. If I'm right, then awesome. Um, I think the issue I have with that, there's, I guess, two main issues. Um, the first one is, well, I can't just all of a sudden find my faith. No. But no, you're no, saying, like, no, no would please. you just believe in God and go along with that? Because at least then you'll be set up later on to say. Yeah, I don't even go there. I mean, I, it, it just seems like to say to myself, "Well, okay. Well, I don't have any. I guess on you know, those, given on those dark nights when life is not working out good, do you ever? Because I do the other thing. I mean, I doubt. I doubt this. Please understand that. Every once in a while, I have to come back and say, "Is this really the truth? Do you ever on those dark nights? And you, maybe you haven't had that many yet. But on those nights when you say, you know what, it." things are not working out for me. Do you ever think to yourself, if I believed in God and if he's true, I've got hope and I've got purpose and I've got meaning. And the fact that I don't means that I'm right here where I'm at and I don't know what I'm doing and I don't have any meaning. I don't think I I'd go as far as to say like, well, if something's bad, I don't have the purpose or meaning without that. But would things be better if in a dark situation, if, if I did believe in God? I think it would, absolutely. But I think there's also some power in knowing, well, okay, if I'm in a dark situation, no, no higher power is going to help me. I have to do something about it. You know, praying that something's going to get better isn't going to help. I've got to take some action and do something. Yeah. And that's where I'm coming from. Um, but I think going back to, you know, should I believe in this God? I think, I mean, I think it'd be lying to myself to say, well, I'll believe in God because it's worm food or heaven. Hmm. Well, yeah, I want to take this. But that would seem to be lying to myself to believe in God. And I don't think any God would approve of me lying for that reason. <laughs> it also doesn't seem like that's a good reason to believe, to say that, well, I believe because the other option's pretty bad. 
that's another reason. And if I'm believing in God, then which, which God should I believe in? There's like three right. million of them. Right. So right. if I believe in the wrong one, well, that religion says I'm going to hell anyway. So, right. I mean, I, I just, it doesn't seem like a good question to That is confusing, to isn't it? Yeah. Coming from your standpoint, it's very confusing. Sure. Which God do I pick? Right. And from our point, I mean, that's a question we ask all the time. Because let's say there is a lot of good evidence for Christianity. Well, what if Christians are wrong? What if the other religions are wrong? Because if I believe in the Christian God... Well, you know, then this other God's going to tell me, you know, well, you'd pick the wrong one. Too bad. You know, so, so why fall into any of the patterns when everyone says the other person is wrong? Maybe. I mean, everyone can't be right. No, we talked about that last night. It would know? be nice if they were, but everyone can't be right. But the alternative could be true that, well, maybe everyone is wrong. Sure. I mean, that's where I'm coming from anyway. Man, I think I'd just pick one. <laughs> or pick none. Let's talk about why I do believe this is the one. Sure. And, and, and what I would encourage you to do is to actually study it. And I completely understand that I'm biased. I know that I'm biased. I am biased. Well, and I, I, and I have been especially more so lately than I did before. Um, one of the nice things about doing the whole eBay thing is so many Christians say, hey, I have this great book I want you to read. Yeah. Can I send it to you? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So I've gotten all these books, and some of them written by academics. You got that one. You got that one. I definitely have the Lee Strobel one, yeah. which is a question I've been asked so many times. Yeah. Have you read Lee Strobel? Well, you know why? It's because he was he, was he used one to of be you. an atheist. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and I think if I read the book, and I... I can't remember everything that he said in there, but I remember when reading it, I kept thinking, well, you know, at some point he stops, he asks these questions to all these mm -hmm. leaders, and he says, he says questions that I would ask too. Right. And then he gets an answer, and he's like, wow, that's a good answer, and then moves on to the next point. And I keep thinking like, well, no, you forgot to ask the follow-up to that. And I think that's the issue where atheists would have with that, that he doesn't go far enough sure. in asking the questions. Sure. Um, and so to all the people that say, you know, well, you read him and you're still an atheist? How could that be? <laughs> well, he, I don't think he asked all the questions that I would have asked in that situation. And I think that's the general idea. I, I think that's why it's not as, people think it's this all-powerful book. Yeah. And it's a great, great book. But I, don't, I think that's why it's not surprising to me that when I read this thing, it doesn't make me jump to Christianity. Yeah. Because I could still ask more questions about it. Yeah. But, well, yeah, it, but yeah, I'm reading more of these types of books written by academics that say, you know, well, here's why we know all this stuff. Here's why we know this. Um, and again, some of their claims are, are hard to deny, um, and some of them I could. So, and I'm the great thing about The great thing about Lee's book, and it's Lee Strobel, The Case for Faith. I really recommend it for you. It's on our list out there that I put on there. The great thing about it is he asks the eight really hard questions. Yeah, um, you know, he I mean, covers he, the he stuff. Covers the he stuff. covers all he doesn't, stuff. He doesn't, you know, mess around with all the other stuff. He covers the great ones. Sure. Um, so what do you want to know? What do you uh, want to know about this? <laughs> what do I want to know about that? Is it perfect? Is the Bible perfect? Um, we do not ask for our people to believe that word for word this is inerrant. However, I believe that it is. And I believe that, um, you know, I, I believe there could be some... This one's obviously not perfect. Um, I believe that there are uh, there are probably some places in here where you know scribes could have messed some things up along the way. We might get one word wrong, one word different than we should have. Overall, I believe that this book is what God wanted us to have in its purest form, 
and it is the things that I need to know. Are you saying, so are you saying like the book is inerrant in principle, you mean? Yes. Or you mean like yes. every word of it is perfect? I believe it's inerrant in principle. Okay, and, and that's I really a different response than the I ones I've heard before. I understand, and I don't know, uh, the only reason I can't say it's inerrant in actual word for word is because we don't have the original documents, so sure. I can't really say. Okay. I mean, in the same way, you can't really say there isn't a God. I can't really say there really, you know, that this, there really aren't some issues with and this. And just not to go on a tangent, but that's one of the things I also heard, like, that I believe there is no God. And I've heard so many arguments like, well, you don't know everything, so how could you say there's yeah. no God? Well, no atheist is saying there is no God. The, the point we're saying is I don't believe there is one. Okay. And just, I just want to make I didn't that mean distinction. To go, I didn't mean to go no, off that, on that, but that's, that's a fine. good explanation because I would have thought the opposite. I've heard the same thing. I had people write in and say, well, how can you, how believe can you there's know, no unless God. you know everything, you can't know there's... Right, and, and no one's saying that there is no God that, or anything like that. It's different. Yeah, okay. um, so um, let me ask you something about that. And right. not to go to like a whole Ten Commandments issue, but I see a lot of people pushing like, let's put the Ten Commandments here, but then they don't... St like the punishments that they talk about for disobeying the Ten Commandments are like death here mm -hmm. and death there. Like mm -hmm. if you work on the Sabbath day, death. Like, how come people don't push those punishments? They just push the commandments. Like, how come you can pick and choose that sort of stuff? When the Bible says, like, you know, if you do this, if you commit this sin, I, 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 it's this I problem. don't disagree with you at all. I mean, the Ten Commandments were given as a moral code. What Jesus told us about the law uh -huh. was that the law was supposed to show us that we are sinners. That's the whole idea. The law was not given to us, Jesus says, and this is weird out all the Jews in the Old Testament, but what Jesus says is that the law was given for us to see that we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Not that we are supposed to be judged according to how good we do them. Something to strive for. Something to strive for. Which, and, and all, I mean, if you look at the, one of the early, early uh, American fathers said, you know what, every, every law we have is based off of the Ten Commandments. So when people say, let's put the Ten Commandments up on the like wall. Except like the first four, which well, kind of no, creeped definitely. me out. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> From your standpoint, no other gods and the idols and all that kind of stuff. I mean, but, but you know. But yeah, no why killing, not? don't but, kill, don't yeah. steal. I'm all for that. Right. That's great. But, and, but that's, if, if it was like the last six commandments that they were saying, let's put those up in the courthouses. I, I understand. By all means. I, I don't disagree. If we're going to be in this pluralistic society, and I guess that's my point. Um, you know, I was thinking about this after last night. I went back and looked at the coin thing and all that. You know, we talked about in God we trust last night. Um, in God we trust, you know, some people are all upset because they're thinking about taking it off our money. Yeah. And we talked about it. Actually, it was on our coins since the late 1800s. It was the currency since the, 15, since the 50s, the McCarthyism. Right. But yeah, the whole, thing. and the point we made and yesterday was that, that in God we trust was put on the currency in the, like, 52 or 54. Right. Uh, under God was put in the pledge in that year. Yes. National Day of Prayer was that established. That was adopted as our national motto right. in, during that era when we were all worried about the communists. Right. And, and that, right. was, uh, that was our whole deal. So that what I've been thinking about overnight was, I will make you a deal. <laughs> you go to your people yeah. and let intelligent design in, and I'll go to my people and take in God we trust off the money. See, and you know what? That's an. <laughs> hey, you're not supposed to clap. No, I'm, I'm being serious. <laughs> That's it's an interesting, interesting thing. Here's why it won't work. And I brought this up too because I thought that the under God thing, and I started getting really involved with the national atheist groups a couple years ago. Yeah. And a couple years ago is really when the under God thing was hitting full steam. And so one of the things I would ask is, how come no one in these groups, like no one in the group seemed to be talking about that? Or no one seemed to make such a big deal of it? Everyone was on Michael Newdow's side. They wanted under God to be taken out of there, but it didn't seem like that was a big issue to them. And the question I kept asking to them is, how come that's not a big issue? It seems like, you know, I see it in all the papers. I see it in the magazines. Why is it not a big deal for you? And they said, well, you know, he's right, 
but that's probably not the biggest fish on our plate to fry. There's things like intelligent design that are more important. There's things like you know faith-based initiatives, giving money to religious right, groups right. that we feel are more important than you know something that's semantic that we would like to change, sure. like under God. But that's why it won't happen because they're not on the same playing field. Gotcha. I mean, that's the reason. Well, that's I, I guess that's why that's why I'm saying that. I, I didn't mean to be funny. I mean, oh I, yeah, yeah. I, but I, that's that's the reason why like it, it wouldn't be an it, issue. But of, if like, if we're going to be pluralistic, yeah. If we're going to be pluralistic and we're going to say everybody ought to get the chance to do what everybody ought to do, yeah. then all I'm saying is intelligent design, the motion picture industry should not say that a movie that talks about Christianity should be PG. And I haven't read about that, but hey, if that's the reason why, I'm, I'm totally I know, with you're on, you. You're, you yeah. agree with me. I, I believe that science ought to take a stronger look at intelligent design and allow more people to talk about it. And we'll take God we trust off the money and uh, the, out of the pledge. And, and let's go back to the point which is where I think you and I are both coming from, where we say, okay, if you want to be a Muslim, fine. If you want to be a Hindu, yeah. fine. If you, want to do, if you want to be an atheist, fine. And it, like, hey, if that's all it was, that's fine. I mean, and this is just going beyond the whole idea of, like, well, what do scientists think about intelligent design? Like, when I'm teaching this stuff, and if I get the chance to teach biology, I mean, I, I would bring up intelligent design, and not because I think it's credible so much, um, because, believe me, I would say, well, here's why I don't believe that's yeah. the right idea. Here's yeah. what scientists think why they don't think it's the right idea. But the point is, I think people need to be taught it. But I think, I think the issue, and I think this is something that I've read scientists say a lot, why, why do so many people um, say that we should teach intelligent design? You know, Like you said, like so many of these people, including teachers, believe that. And I think one of the problems is we don't do a good job of teaching evolution as it is. And a lot of the things that I read um, from Christian writers or Christian um, leaders is you know, they say this about evolution, they say that about evolution, and here's what the evolutionists want you to think. And it's completely distorting what scientists actually know about evolution. And that's, I'm not saying like, uh, oh, it's proof. Uh, no, I, like, I agree But I'm saying you. that, yeah, they just, that's not the evolution. And we're doing such a bad job of teaching what evolution actually is. And it's not surprising to me that so many people find it certain flaws with it that aren't really flaws. Well, I think the problem is that evolution, I, I, I think Marx was influenced by Darwin. I think Stalin was influenced by Darwin. I think a lot of the of the the problems that we've had in our world have been influenced by the evolutionary theory. See, and that makes it sound like there hasn't there there weren't problems before 1859. Absolutely, like, no, there were. I mean, and we and we've caused our own problems. We talked about that last night too. Religion has caused their own problems. Atheism has their own problems. All of us have, have messed things up. I guess that's why I would agree with you. Let's teach evolution for what we actually know and quit assuming all of these other things. I mean, the odds of evolution coming true from, an, from a mathematical standpoint, you know, are very, very slim. See, so I disagree the, with that, too. I mean, I don't know really? if you want to go into that. Yeah, I think just the idea, like, and you, you quoted, like, Carl Sagan saying the odds that this genome would happen is like 10 to the 2 billionth power. And he does say that in his book, but I think the reason he said that, and he did say this in the book, is to show like the idea of us just, you know, throwing genes up in the air, throwing DNA up and having it land into our genome, absolutely they're that minuscule. But that's exactly why evolution had to happen, or that's exactly why evolution would have happened, to say that, you know, if you throw some things in the air and they work, let's have them stick and let's, you know, throw them up again. Let's see how they do. And the idea that if you get a little bit right, and you can keep adding on to that little bit that's right, depending on the environment that you're in, it's not that sort of odd. I think the odds that I see, those astronomical odds, I only read about those when people say, 
we just came together like that. For, for all of our DNA to be in perfect alignment, like mm -hmm. if you took my genome or something. Yeah, like we're, if, we're going a different way now. I know, I know. And I'll wrap it up at this point. Like if, the, if you wanted to take my DNA and just say, what are the odds that everything would have landed in place? Absolutely, they're astronomical. And evolution is saying, well, if you started out with something that works and you just keep adding on to the parts mm -hmm. that do work, it's not that astronomical. So, if that was possible. If that was true, yeah, that's the point. Okay. Um, Let me ask you. Yeah. We got to try to be on time this service. <laughs> um, and I'll ask this question so that you can kind of ask ask it back to me. Yeah. What do you do with Jesus then? I mean, if 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 I'm, you know, let's mm -hmm. let's get. I know we're supposed to kind of stick with the God thing, but I, I, yeah. I, it's impossible for us to stick with the God thing without without Jesus. talking about Jesus. What do you do with Jesus? From most of the stuff I've read, I have no doubt that he existed. I have no doubt that he spread the word like the Bible says he did. And I think there's a lot of historical truth to the Bible. I just don't think it's completely true. Mm. Um, I think the issue I have is when it comes to the whole uh, idea that he was the you know, resurrection of, or the son of God or anything like that, when it gets to that stuff, that's where my issue comes in. And there have been countless books written by people much smarter than both of us about, you know, why this is true or why this isn't true or how stuff right. happened. Um, I have no problem with Jesus as someone who preached this message of love. I love that about him. Um, but when it comes to the supernatural ideas, sure. that's where I draw the line, you I guess. Have to. What, what do you do with the... Do you think that people... Are you like uh, Dan Brown? Do you think that people made up that he said he was God? Or do you think he, I mean, you know, because I, I guess that's the problem, you know. We come back to, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks around here with the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. If Jesus, the problem with that is Jesus can't be a good teacher and a liar, right? I mean, you can't be a good teacher and a liar. Sure. You can't walk into the classroom and say, I'm the son of God and I'm your new math teacher. Right. I mean, that's just Which would a, be a great, great introduction. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> and in some school systems that might work out really well for you, but... Um, you know, how, how do we deal with that? Do, do you think that... See, I, I think, I guess I disagree a little bit on that, that he could have very well spread it. It's saying the right message, but not necessarily for the same reasons that he said they were. Hmm. I guess that's where I'm coming from, from that. Because, yeah, if, I, I don't believe that he was the Son of God. I don't believe that he... But do you believe he said he was the Son of God? You, you know what? I'm not sure. And I okay. haven't done enough research right. on that to know that. That would be a good one. I mean, I, I would yeah. encourage that. Because when I keep coming back to, honestly... But even if he did say it, I don't know if that would change my mind at all. But it'd have to. How? Because he, if he said it, he's, he, he's either loony or he's a liar. I mean, you can't... You, can't, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he could he have should... both, I mean, there's a lot of other explanations. I mean, I think those are not the only two explanations. I mean, he really could have felt that was the case or he could have, you know come to believe that that was the case. And he could, he, it wasn't like he was going out purposely trying to say, this is a lie, I'm the son of God. That's not really true in his back of his head. It's like, no, that didn't happen. I think he very well did believe that, or he had whatever reasons to believe that. And I think he said what he felt was the truth for the same reasons he said, you know, you should love each other, do all this stuff, because he really did feel that was the truth. Yeah. Um, so he, I don't, if he did say it, I'm not saying that he said it because he was a okay. liar, because right. he was a lunatic. Right. I think he could have said that he really he really did believe that. I need to probably because uh, because there hopefully are some people in here who are thinking I'm not sure if I believe all this Jesus stuff. We talked about this last night. Um, the reason that this is different. You you heard me say this last night. That the reason that we believe that Christianity is the one God. And you, you know you joked about it last night. It was, you know, what if I'm just one God off? Well, the, the, <laughs> the problem is 
if there is one God, you got to be one God on. I mean, if your math class comes to you and their answer is one off, I guess that's that's the issue for us as Christians. Mm-hmm. We've a lot of us. If there is a God, it has is, to be the Christian. If God. there is a God for us, yeah. it has to be this one, and and it has to be this one because every culture has a God or gods of some kind. There's something inside of us that 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 either wants, as you said last night or believes because we've looked around that there is a God. Mm-hmm. And, and if that's true, every culture has realized that God is up here and we're down here. And the fundamental difference for us as Christians is that instead of like in every other religion where you try to work your way in and you try to do all the good things, we believe that God actually came down to this planet as a human being, lived among us, died so that he could take away all of our sins, and rose again to prove that he had power over death. Right. And that doesn't make us a better religion. It makes us the only religion. Yeah, and I guess the issue I have, like, and I think it might have just coincidentally been Gandhi who said this too, like, I like Christianity. I don't like your Christians, but I like your Christianity. Right, that's what he says. It's the message. That's exactly right. And I don't think atheists have a problem with the message of Christianity. I don't think atheists have a problem with most of the commandments, as we said, or anything like that. It's It's... It's the other stuff that comes along with it. It's how you present it. And it, I think if you want to come down to the fundamental question you were asking at the beginning, which is how do you talk to people who don't believe the same thing? If you go in there with, this, with the message, and for, forget the Jesus part for a second, but here's the message of Christianity. Here's what we want you to go away with. I don't think people would have a problem with that. And hey, if they want to follow you with that, you could start talking about the more, you know, the biblical nature of it and stuff. But I think if you want to start a conversation, you start off with the message more than anything. Instead of saying, well, do you believe in Jesus? Well, if you don't, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. Okay, end of conversation. Right. So It's in the attitude towards the conversation. Yeah. That is tremendous. This is great. We need to quit. Will you uh, thank Hemet for me? And uh, go good. We'll do it again. Okay. Um, that was absolutely, completely different than what happened last night. Uh, we're going to try to have DVDs so that you can hear the rest of the conversation because it's really, really, I mean, there's so much to talk about. Um, if you want to go get some breakfast and come back at 11, I think we got room for you. Um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to end up, because this is church, and we're going to end up um, admitting to the fact that all of us have to understand that there is a great God up in heaven and that he is big and that he is holy and that we can't get to him without his son Jesus. That's what we believe. But that we have to admit that every once in a while we need him just to be small. We need him to be here with us. And Marx called it the opiate of the people. Atheists call it a crutch. You call it whatever you want. But there are times in my life when I need the great God to be small enough 